and welcome to Demimond Paranormal Podcast. As you guys may know, I'm Tori, your host, as usual. And also, as you may know, if we have any new listeners or any old listeners, here at Demimond Paranormal, we release all new episodes with all new content each and every week. Each Friday, full-length episodes discussing all things paranormal. This includes famous hauntings, types of ghosts, types of hauntings, different types of mythology, folklore, and urban legends from all around the United States and the globe itself. This also includes all things supernatural, That could include vampires, werewolves, witches, and witchcraft. You name it. All things supernatural. We'll cover it here at Demimond Paranormal. And if you may have heard of us, we have a little private group on Facebook.com by the same name you see here in that you hear here on this site as well. Demimond Paranormal. We are a private paranormal group. So, if you do decide to search us, search for us, I should say, we'd be more than happy to allow you into our group. All you have to do is seek us out, answer one question, and we'll be happy to allow entry for you to join our little paranormal family. So, without any further ado, let's get into what we're going to talk about tonight. And this bit of mythology or folklore comes from a few countries, actually. But, in particular, this piece of folklore comes from Malaysia, Indonesia, certain parts of Thailand, Singapore, just to name a few. This vampiric ghost-like creature is called the the Pontianak. So, before I give away too much in the introduction, let's dive right into the dark folklore and mythology behind this terrifying female vampire ghost and welcome everyone how was everybody's Thanksgiving if you celebrated if you're in the United States I hope it was great I hope you guys were safe and you had a really great yummy dinner and you got to Hang out with family and friends and maybe go a little tipsy or something. And, you know, just all around had a great time. You know, happiness is what's key here in these little holiday moments. But now that Thanksgiving has ended and we're literally on Black Friday, which, tell me you guys, how many of you actually shop on Black Friday 
then let me know down in the comments. I've never done it myself. I just thought it was so overrated. And I think that is just something that shouldn't be done. But you, you let me know if you actually had any luck shopping on Black Friday. And I thought to myself, while I was doing the research for tonight's podcast, I thought to myself, how about we cover something spooky to release on Black Friday so you have a nice, creepy, scary little podcast to listen to while you shop for Christmas presents or even Hanukkah presents or whatever you celebrate or whatever you want to do. You have a spooky little podcast to kind of keep you motivated to shop for presents or gifts for your loved ones. Anyway, that being said, I hope you guys had a great time. But let me know, have you had any luck while shopping on Black Friday or even on Cyber Monday? Personally, I think that Cyber Monday was a better idea. But anyway, before we get too off track, back to the spooky stuff. That's why you guys came. I don't think you guys want to hear about me rambling about Cyber Monday or Black Friday anymore. So let's just dive right into it. Tonight's podcast comes to us from, like I said before, it comes from... Malaysia and Indonesia also comes from Singapore, Thailand, and other places. But this is the Pontianak. The Pontianak is also known as a very dangerous vampiric ghost. In both Indonesian and Malaysian mythology, The Pontianaks are thought to be spirits or ghosts of women who have died in childbirth or they had had died while pregnant with a child. It's also thought that these women were the victims of, let's just say, the cruel hands of men. They've died of something that was unjustly done to them by the hands hands of men. In cases similar to the classic vampire lore, the Pontianic is active at night, but in the daytime, the entity sleeps or resides in banana trees. The Pontianic can dis- disguise herself as a beautiful young lady to help her be able to lure her victims. The Pontianic is often described as having long, dark, black, beautiful hair, but she's also dressed in all white, an all white flowing dress. This entity lures unsuspecting victims to incite fear and exact revenge in some men. Some signs that the Pontianic is near is the sound of a baby crying or the smell of decaying flesh 
of a corpse or the smell of a flower the smell of the flower the plumeria flower in Malaysia the Pontianak is depicted as a vampiric spirit who will rip open her male, her male victims and feast on his organs using her long sharp nails as a knife The myth and folktale surrounding the Pontianak derives from Kali Mountain and inspired the name of the Indonesian capital city in the Kalimantan western region. The city named Pontianak. Interestingly enough, the city of Pontianak was said to be infested with ghosts. That was until Serif Abdurman Alkadrif fended off the ghost after two shots were fired from a carbide cannon in the exact spot where the Sultanite decided to build a mosque and palace after he fended off the spirits in the forest which uh, once they once resided in. His reign was haunted by wicked creatures known as the Pontianics. And his reign lasted from 1771 to 1808. The Pontianic haunted the area. And still to this day, the area is covered in trees and the locals still believe that the area is still haunted by the treacherous entities. It's tradition to fire off carbide cannons that are made of logs and honor the Sultan. The Pontianak is also described as having pale skin, red eyes, and a long white dress that is smeared with blood. She can also turn into a more monstrous form once she has caught her prey, which may be hopeless people or may be the victim of a man. Once she is in her final form, she can be described as a beast or a ghost or a Dracula-like creature. The entity starts her hunt at night when there is a full moon. When the moon is full, the Pontianak will announce her presence with a feminine laughter or the cries of infants. It's said when the sounds are quiet, she is nearby. But if the sounds of infants crying or feminine laughter are louder, she is far away. Some say that a dog howling at night could indicate that a Pontianak is present. 
but she is not close. However, if the dog is whining, then the ghost is near. Also, if a smell of plumera is present, but then it's followed by the scent of a familiar smell of decaying flesh, she is also present in near. So, more details about what the Pontianoc is supposed to look like. She is usually depicted and portrayed as having long black hair, as we mentioned before, that is actually covering most of her face. But it is also known that she only turns into this form when the coffin nail is removed from the back of her neck or her head. But when the coffin nail is said to be in place in her neck or her head, she will appear as a charming woman and she will stay that way until the nail in her neck is removed. So basically what is happening here is that it's believed that a way to, as a way to prevent an encounter with a Pontianic or to fend off a Pontianic, you must plunge a nail into her neck and it's said if the nail is still there she will become a good wife, but if the nail is removed from her neck or her head she will return back to the vengeful vampiric spirit. It's said that in life, some of the lore surrounding the Pontianic refers to when a woman got pregnant when she was raped by a local landlord when the landlord then blamed her for the pregnancy and outraged the villagers, they buried her alive. And to this day, the Pontianic is said to seduce and trap men before eating their genitalia. The Pontianic also is known to kill her victims by digging into their stomach with her sharp fingernails and devouring their bodily organs. And if you have your eyes open when a Pontianic is near, she will suck them right out of your head. But that's not the end. That's not the end of the horror behind the Pontianic. She can also locate her prey or her victims by sniffing out their scent by laundry. That's right. If you leave out your laundry to, to dry overnight, she can track your scent 
by your clothes that you left out to hang to dry. And that's why the locals in, in, in Indonesia and Malaysia will not leave out their clothes to dry overnight. Some believe that the Pontianak will hunt you down. Because the spirit is believed to reside in banana trees at night, many children and mothers will avoid these trees, banana trees. They believe that they should be hacked down with machetes to avoid the Pontianaks from making a home within the trees. Strangely and most terrifyingly enough, there has been multiple signings, sightings of the Pontianak all over Malaysia and Indonesia. But it's purely speculation what you believe to be true or not true. Also, I forgot to mention before that the ghost of the, or the creature, I meant to say, the type of ghost of the Pontianak has been widely spread. There has been similar folklore of this entity found in India, Bangladesh, Pakistan, as well as Thailand, Singapore, Indonesia, and Malaysia. Also, the Pontianaks are believed to like kidnapping babies. A lot of mothers will not allow their babies to be left alone, especially in remote areas. Mothers are also told to keep a sharp object near the crib to protect their child from being kidnapped by these entities. Also, Beware empty buildings. The Pontianak is said to like taking up a residence in half-built structures or even abandoned homes. Buildings that are empty and quiet at night. Even schools or government bureaus. Empty hospitals or some of its favorite places to hide. So as you may remember... I've mentioned that a sign that a Pontianak is near is by the sound of laughing, feminine, feminine laughing. Well, if you hear this at first, you might, you might hear some strange weeping and sobbing. But soon, that might turn into a cry, and then it might turn into a giggle. Then, a mad, evil laugh. So, that's just something to look out for if you're in the remote areas of Malaysia or Indonesia. Especially if you're male. Oh, and the Pontianak does not only occupy banana trees. They may also occupy bamboo trees, or parts of swamps and forests. 
another way to beat or prevent a negative experience with the Pantheonic is by enlisting the help of a shaman. Now, the Pantheonic is believed to be the ghost of a deceased pregnant woman or somebody who had had died in childbirth who is trapped in an intermediate realm in a state of accumulating karma to proceed to, to to the afterlife. What the shaman will do is that they will perform an exorcism ritual at the grave of the the deceased person to avoid turning them into a Pontianak. In Thailand, they use an oil extracted from the deceased person's bodily fluids that comes from the dripping fat from the chin burnt with a candle. So that is the lore behind the Pontianuk. I hope you guys like that. In Singapore, there has been a few places where the Pontianuk has been seen haunting the place. One of those areas is the Kent Ridge Park in Singapore. Now, Kent Ridge Park is probably one of the most haunted places in Singapore. Almost everyone who has been there at night would have some type of supernatural encounter. It could range from weird sounds to strange orbs. But what's scarier is the supposed sighting of a Pontianak near the river. It's said that at night she would roam around the river for unknown reasons, and people apparently have come across it several countless times. Another place in Singapore is near an old tree in Novena, MRT station. Now the story behind this location is that the story goes back before the station was built since Novena MRT station is one of the most MRT's most haunted MRT stations in that the TTSH is nearby it doesn't come as a surprise that a Pontianic stays there according to legends the entity stayed in one of the trees and would come out after 8 p.m. But after the, the tree was destroyed that she was residing in, the Pontianuk has been seen roaming the area at night. The Jalan Bahar bus stop in Singapore 
there has been several taxi drivers who have claimed that in the middle of the night, a mysterious lady, presumably a Pontianic, would flag down their taxi. She would often request to go to a cemetery. It became so widespread that some taxi drivers would not stop at this stop when it's in the wee hours because the passenger might just be a Pontianic. And coming up next, I have some real-life ghost stories straight from Singapore. I hope you guys enjoy it, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So, in this last sub-subject for tonight's episode, I told you guys that I would tell you guys some stories, some real-life ghost stories straight from Singapore. And what I found here is some submitted ghost stories from people who chose to remain anonymous. I'm not seeing like a username or anything like that, but here's some food for, for thought for all you skeptics out there, if I have any skeptic um, listeners out there, because I don't know if I do. But if not, then that's fine. But if I do, that's fine too. (laughs) But usually, if you're new to this episode or this podcast, sometimes I will end the episode with a few random ghost stories I found while surfing the web that I thought was interesting or particularly scary and terrifying or heartfelt or sweet. But I hope you guys enjoy these ones. And I picked out my favorites. And this should be good. So let's get started. Okay, so our first story is entitled The Car with No Driver. So I begin the story when I say My cousin died of drowning at the tender age of eight. It was the first time such tragedy happened in our family, so the whole thing was heavy for all of us. The wake was held in our ancestral home. I had just viewed the coffin and came back to my aunt's convenience store to man it. But suddenly, someone touched my ear out of nowhere, and I literally ran screaming to my aunt in fear. It didn't end there. I kid you not when I say that my uncle's car started moving on its own for about 200 meters. It only stopped when it hit one of the benches in our town's former wet market. We all thought our drunk uncle was driving it. But it was a empty. Apparently, my deceased cousin loved cars. Our next tale is called Ghostly Doppelganger. 
and I start this story when I say, My father-in-law usually leaves for work around 6 a.m. One day, I woke up at 7 a.m. and realized that he was still in bed. After showering, I checked on him, but saw he was no longer there. I asked my mom-in-law where he'd gone, and she said he'd been out since 6 in the morning. If he wasn't home, then who was sleeping in his bed? When my husband came home, I told him that I saw and described who was on the bed, a tan-looking man of similar build to my father-in-law. My husband informed me that a man in his fifties had passed away a few floors above us. Apparently my husband had seen this thing too. It seems like the spirit lost its way and couldn't find its own home. We told our in-laws and they did some prayers and everything was fine after that. Our next tale is a bit spookier. This is called The Heartland Haunting. And I quote the author when I begin to tell the tale. Woodlands is known for its haunted HDB building, Block 852, which was once empty for the longest time. Years ago, my cousin moved into the neighborhood and unwillingly, unknowingly, stayed near the haunted block. Things soon took a turn, a weird turn. The television was switched on and off without warning, but the family brushed it off. During the first night of the seventh month, he was sleeping alone in his room. When he woke up to the sound, a weird noise in the middle of the night. He saw a ghost with extremely long hair and black eyes spinning with the ceiling fan and staring at him. He tried to shout for help, but he wasn't able to make a sound. Feeling helpless, he started praying and the ghost finally disappeared when he opened his eyes. From then on, the family room was left empty until the family moved out. Our next tale is called Spirits in in the Lift. And I begin the story when I quote the author. This happened to me during the Hungry Ghost Festival. Walking past an altar, I briefly wondered why it had offerings of yakult toys and biscuits. Then, I remembered these offerings were meant to appease spirits. During an afternoon nap on the same day, I had a vivid dream about two kids trailing behind me as I was walking home. Please help us! Help us! Help us! They repeated it in unison. I remember telling them, I can't help you and I don't know what you want. Please go home. 
they disappeared and I entered the lift alone. Or so I thought. As the lift began its ascent, two ghostly faces stared at me through a reflection on a glass. They looked normal except one thing. They had no legs. When I arrived home, they stopped at the door. They couldn't enter because I had a feng shui bagua mirror, which is a pentagram-shaped symbol believed to ward off negative energy. And let me correct myself, I think I said a pentagram-shaped symbol. It's a pentagon-shaped symbol that is believed to ward off negative energy. So, excuse me if I said that. Anyway, back to the story. As I quote, Let us come in. We have unfinished business. Please help us so we can move on, they pleaded. Exasperated, I said, I can't help you. Leave me alone. They disappeared and I woke up from my nap. Till today, I avoid breaking any seventh month superstitions. Just in case. Now, I've got just a couple more stories for y'all tonight before we end tonight's podcast. But this story is called Sleep Paralysis, or Was It? And I begin the quick little story when I quote, This happened to my brother. It was a Saturday morning when he came into my room asking, Did you wash your feet when you came home last night? He said something had disturbed him the night before, when he was sleeping. He felt a weight on his body, and his eyes drifted open. He saw a figure with long hair sitting on his body and looking right at him. The next morning, he said it might have been a nightmare, but he wasn't sure. In in a Malay household, it's believed that if you don't wash your feet before you come home, you're inviting bad spirits into your house. Alright, before we sign off, I have two more quick little ghost stories. And then we'll say goodbye for tonight's or this week's episode. But this next story is entitled, What Not to Do During a Hungry Ghost Festival. And I begin the story when I quote, Like a total noob, I was absolutely fascinated by the offerings around to look air during my first Hungry Ghost Festival in Singapore. Like a total fool, I took photos of an offering and Instagrammed it. I even hashtagged it. Even worse, I did it at home late at night when I was the only one awake. Out of nowhere, I heard the sound of little bells jingling as if a cat with bells on its collar was coming from our back door and down the hallway. But we don't have a cat, and there was nothing there. For months, the door of a particular room in our apartment would lock from the inside. I'd hear the sound of a ball bouncing in my kids' room at night while they were asleep. Sometimes I'd feel as if a child was by my side, but when I looked down, expecting to see my toddler. Nobody was there. 
And the last ghost story for tonight is entitled, Goodbye, My Lover. And I begin the story when I quote, I had a boyfriend who died, but I didn't get to say goodbye before he passed on. A few days after that, I was walking home from the gym when suddenly I felt his favorite cigarettes. When I entered the lift, the smell grew stronger as if he was beside me like old times. I instinctively called his name and the emergency bell rang. When the door opened, I ran out. The smell followed me until the point where he used to stop to kiss me goodbye and sent me off. So that's the end of the ghost stories from Singapore. I hope you guys like those. I tried to end it on a semi-bittersweet note. I mean, that last story was sweet and sad at the same time. I hope you guys enjoyed that, and I'll see you guys in the outro. And I want to thank you guys so, so much for joining me for tonight's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it, as I enjoyed doing the research and reciting it all to y'all each and every week. All new episodes each Friday. All things supernatural, paranormal, you name it. I hope you guys had a great holiday. And I hope you guys stayed safe. You had fun. And you ate lots of turkey and other really yummy goodies that was presented on the table but for now until next time stay safe stay spooky be kind to one another and i'll see you next friday for an all-new episode of Demimond paranormal podcast i'm your host tori in so long take care and i'll see you soon Good night.